0: Beloved Church of God, beginning our service, I will ask you all to stand and let us again affirm the promise that lays at the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful for this once again privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance on the basis of the covenant of blood to be lifted on heights higher than us and to break all evil and sin that binds us. May in this place be cursed as before all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, fears, phobias, depression, ignorance, covetousness, all of this let it depart from the tents of your holy people and stand, Lord, on the place of your rest, you and the ark of your greatness. And may your saints be clothed in your salvation and your joy, and may they rejoice before your countenance. We thank you that this service is presented in your divine arms, and we ask you to continue to guide it with your uplifted hand, Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Peace to you. Let it be multiplied. I, along with you, am very grateful to be in this place—not specifically up here, but under the um, under the house of God. I am come here with great joy because this is the great goodness of God for us. And pouring out the latter rains in order to prayer to prepare us with Him. This these latter rains are expressed, and that God is preparing us today in order to meet us so that we could could be prepared to meet him on the clouds. And for this, I today would like to simply remind us of that word and that which we hear from this place. My word I would like to call, Inheritance in the name of God, Rock of Israel. Psalms chapter 18, verses 1 through 4. I will love you, O Lord, my strength, the Lord, my stronghold, and my fortress, my deliverer, my shield, my rock of salvation. On him I will trust and my refuge. I will call upon the one who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. I know that this place of scripture, even young children know, and uh, young youth, and I know that they proclaim this every day. And that's why today I would like to simply remind us about what is contained in it, what we have heard from this place. Walking along this path, God has prepared our His watchman for us, His messenger, our pastor, who in great detail has studied and uh, detailed every name of God. And we have come to this name, the name of God, Rock of Israel. We were given a definition, the purpose, what this all is for, the price that we need to pay. And this is very important. simply speaking or proclaiming this place of Scripture, not understanding what is contained in it, it is okay for little children who just begin to talk and they can proclaim this verse. But with time, with age, they begin to understand what is hidden in there and God reveals this to us today. And this Psalm of David, as we know, has three parts. And we are currently studying the second part of this 18th Psalm of David that unveils the contents of this just prayer. This prayer in which David proclaims his inheritance in the portion, the name of God, Rock of Israel, means that this prayer is made in a covenant with God because all that we have is only due to the covenant. And this prayer is a strategic teaching. That is why today we are here so that we can be immersed in this teaching. The teaching is not just we have heard it one time and we have forgotten it. No, we need to continually remind ourselves this is the teaching. And this teaching is a strategic teaching. It reveals to us the strategy about what we must do in order to take off the old man, to renew our thinking, and to be clothed into the new man. Because this is our calling, as we know. And if a person, through instruction and in faith, has not accepted this anointing by God to reign over his colleague, comprising the dignity of his earthly body in the status of a king, priest and prophet, in order to clothe his earthly body in the pearl of incorruption, imp- this revelation will not bring him any benefit. And today we are going to study or rather be reminded of our inherited portion in the name of God, rock of Israel. And as I like to remind myself and those with whom I am allowed or I am able to speak with, the inheritance is or the inheritance is that which parents leave or the teacher as we know leaves to his students to his disciple and there are those that don't know that they have an inheritance and of course they won't be able to use it there are those don't know what it is meant for they also won't be able to correctly use this inheritance and it won't bring them any benefit what price they have to pay and all of this pastor in great detail likes to uh, open it and highlight it and that's why today we will look at our inherited portion specifically what this is meant for. We already know that Rock of Israel, living stone, this is God Himself, this is the living God who is found in us. We talked about this and I know and I believe that all of you here proclaim this, you ponder upon it, and today we are going to look at the purpose. What is this portion in the name of God, Rock of Israel meant for? A rock is the tip of a mountain cliff and let us remember that all of this is living and all of this is found in us. If we look at this outside of our body, it also will not bring us any benefit and we will walk in a backwards direction. Everything that we're looking at today, we're looking at within our body, not outside. And this brings us joy. When you see this beauty and you can look upon it, this is a blessing. A rock is a tip of a mountain cliff, a stone, stone fence, shelter, a shadow from the stone, victorious elephant tusk, ivory, dominion, and consolation of peace. And in this prayer song of David, uh, the name of God, Rock of Israel, contains the inherited portion of the Son of God in whom and through whom together we, cooperating with the powers of the name of God, Rock of Israel, are called to receive the victorious ability to keep and expand our income received from placing the silver of our salvation into circulation, which is comprised of the adoption of our body through the redemption of Christ. And this is the subject of imperishable food. Before receiving the right to proclaim our inherited portion in the name of God, Rock of Israel, as a subject of the faith of our heart, it is necessary to be clothed in the dignity of a disciple of Christ. And this is a very important component. And again, I will read this. Before receiving the right to the authority to proclaim our portion in the name of God, Rock of Israel, or in any name of God, because the name of God is the program of God, the program of God that God has, and God Himself came to us. And before we can proclaim it, we need to become disciples. Or rather, clothed in the dignity of disciples, the soil of whose heart is prepared to accept the seed of the Word, as well as grow the seed, in order to demonstrate their powers in, in justice and we will remember that only that person who desires to hear the word of god looks at this word lives according to this word and dwells in this word and the word of god dwells in him can overcome and battle the ancient serpent and run away from the snares of devil in order to inherit the salvation of his body through the redemption of christ And so the first question was uh, the definition, and Pastor gave us a very interesting and a very deep meanings about what the name of God, Rock of Israel, and we remember this quite well. This is God Himself in one word, the living God, Rock of Israel, that has found its place in us. The second question will be, what purpose in the realization of our salvation is our inherited portion in the name of God, Rock of Israel, intended to fulfill? And we were given eight different purposes, and today we are going to uh, summarize them. And I would like to just provide the definitions and uh, simply remind us what this inherited portion is given to us for. And the first purpose of a portion, the name of God, rock of Israel, dwelling in the heart of a disciple of Christ, is called to give us living water to quench the thirst of our new man in whom we are called to demonstrate the holiness of God toward the disobedient sons of God. Numbers chapter 20, verses 7 to 13, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water uh, for them out of the rock, and give them to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Hear now, you rebels. Must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod, and water came out abundantly, and the congregation and their animals drank. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe me to hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. This was the water of Meribah, because the children of Israel contended with the Lord, and He was hallowed among them. Uh, it is a quite unfortunate story, and a. In a sorrowful one, but here this is a very important lesson for each of us. It is worth paying attention to the fact that the rod of God that was initially the rod of Moses was found in the tabernacle of meeting before the face of the Lord, from which we can conclude that Moses, on his own, could not use the rod of God, but only through the command of God received in a revelation. And we know that the rod of God is our lips which have gone through death when we have cast out our, cast down our soul, this serpent or this staff became a serpent and then it once again became a staff. It was no longer the staff of Moses. The same thing with our lips. When we have gone through death, this are no longer our lips. We can't use this rod when we want and what we want to do with it. We must specifically understand this and know that this rod or this staff is found in the tabernacle of our body, in our lips, and we can't use them as we want to and when we want to. And we know that the image of a rod in Scripture represents either the mouth of a person or the mouth of God. And the image of the rod thrown by Moses on the ground according to the command of God and then picked up from the ground is the image of the soul lost in the death of the Lord Jesus and gained in a new form in His resurrection. When the mouth of Moses became the mouth of God, He gained the ability to bridle His lips and became the most humble man on earth. It is this quality that makes our mouth or our lips the rod of God and it gives us the right and the ability to proclaim the faith of God. Numbers chapter 12, verse 3, Now the man, Moses, was very humble more than all men who were on the face of the earth. The proclamation of the faith of our lips is directly dependent on the loss of our soul and the death of the Lord Jesus in which we die to our nation, the house of our Father, and the corrupt lusts of our soul, and then we receive our soul in a new format. Our mouth, which is substance, of our soul gained by us in the resurrection of Christ in a new format becomes bridled by the Holy Spirit, which gives us the ability to proclaim the faith of God that dwells in our heart. It is specifically through the nature of our lips that we can test ourselves to determine if we belong to God's chosen remnant or our ability to proclaim the faith of our heart. If a person, by the cross of the Lord Jesus, has not died to his nation, the house of his Father and the corrupt desires of his soul, any words of Scripture he proclaims will be empty words. Thus, the image of water yielded by Moses from the rock according to the command of God was an image of the Holy Spirit. In this place of scripture that we had read, Numbers chapter 27, 20 verse 7, uh, the name of God, Rock of Israel, as no other name, is, is covered in the holiness of God. Here, in each definition, in each purpose, we see the holiness of God present. God had told Moses that he is not leading the, land and, uh, the people into the land because it is written, then God demonstrated His Holiness because they did not demonstrate Holiness. And Holiness was in that they were supposed to separate from those that were disobedient. They were supposed to separate from their fellowship. And our fellowship with people who cast some kind of doubt, some kind of suspicion, after which fellowship with them uh, stumbles our faith, shakes it, or we uh, begin to receive some kind of doubt. We must limit our relationship and fellowship with these people, how precious they may seem to us, or however much we might love them. But by separating ourselves, we will, um, we will make things better for us and for them. But because this place of Scripture, it is written, because you sorrow the hearts of the righteous, And because you uphold the hands of the lawless, which I do not want you to do, you cannot turn to me. When we uphold the hands of the lawless, we will share with them their portion and we do not allow them to turn back. Perhaps they might have had an opportunity to turn to God, but when we uphold them, they think that everything is going well. That's why to summarize this particular component, the purpose of the portion in the name of God, Rock of Israel, dwelling in the heart of a disciple of Christ, is called to give the Holy Spirit only to those people who desire Him and prepare their hearts for Him. The second portion, uh, the purpose of a portion, the name of God, Rock of Israel, dwelling in the heart of a disciple of Christ, is called to make our hearts wiser than the wisest of the earth. Who would uh, not want this to be wise, even wiser than all the earth? Proverbs chapter 30, verses 24 to 28. There are four things which are little on the earth, but they are exceedingly wise. The ants are a people. Not strong, yet they prepare their food in the summer. The rock badgers are a feeble folk, yet they make their homes in their crags. The locusts have no king, yet they all advance in ranks. The spider skillfully grasps with its hand, and it is in the king's palaces. Here we have four small ones for things that are little on the earth, and we will look at this first condition that makes our heart wise and participates in building our house on the rock. This is fulfilling the calling of ants, of which is said they are people not strong, yet they prepare their food in the summer. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verses 1 through 2. To be like ants and prepare food in the summer and thus cherish time so that we call on God when He is near. It is necessary to consider hearing the word of God a greater gift than the gold of a fear. The second condition that makes our heart wise and participates in building our house on the rock is fulfilling the calling of rock badgers, of which is said they are a feeble folk, yet they make their homes in the crags. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Here we see the poverty of the spirit. To be poor in spirit in this manner, give God the basis to give us his power. It is necessary to consciously and voluntarily the cross of the Lord Jesus to die to our nation, the house of our Father, and the corrupt desires of our soul always when we hear this, this is the holiness of God. Here it says that we must die. uh, We must uh, in baptisms die in the death of the Lord Christ in which we can then make a covenant in which we will receive this inherited portion that belongs to the Son of God, Jesus Christ. He shares this inheritance only with those who will be immersed with Him in death and the Holy Spirit whom we have accepted as the Lord and ruler of our life. He has resurrected Christ from the dead and He will resurrect our deadly bodies, our fleshly bodies is if we will dwell in this death of Christ. The third condition that makes our heart wise and participates in building our house on the rock is fulfilling the calling of locusts who have no king, yet they all advance in ranks. The reason why a locust does not have a king yet advances in ranks is because at her head stands God, who is her king. And so, for God to stand as head of our thoughts and be the king of our thinking, it is necessary to, consciously and voluntarily, through the cross of the Lord Jesus, die to our nation, the house of our Father, and the corrupt desires of our soul. Joel chapter two verses twenty five to twenty nine. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. My great army which I sent among you, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my menservants and on my maidservants I will pour out my Spirit in those days. According to this revelation, our thoughts, which, before our immersion in the death of the Lord Jesus, destroyed the seed of the sown word of truth after being clothed in the death of the Lord Jesus, they gave God the basis in the resurrection of Jesus to become the king of our thoughts. A very, very interesting uh, definition, our thoughts that before immersion into the death of the Lord Jesus, they had Uh, Destroyed all of that which we have sown and grown and these thoughts had destroyed all of it just like uh, in the land of Israel if you remember this was not long ago in the price that we had looked at about Gideon when the people of Israel they will sow they will grow the fruit then the Midianites the Malachites all the inhabitants of the east what will they do? They didn't kill anyone they just simply came and they had destroyed uh, their harvest they had gathered the harvest Sown it, all of f- everything they had taken, and they were left with nothing. That's why Gideon had to hide, and he had to thresh, uh, thresh the wheat on the threshing floor.
1: He had
0: hidden there. It was in the in the wine press, and we were talking about these thoughts. Thoughts that were not immersed into death, this is a very important thing we notice when we come to church, we proclaim this word, we take it, and nothing ends up working. Why? Because these thoughts, why pastor reminds us and asks us to discipline your thinking? Because these thoughts are going to destroy and eat everything. The whole fruit that we have grown, these uncircumcised thoughts, they are going to destroy everything. That's why it is very important after we have taken off the old man, so it's very important that we renew our thinking with the spirit of our mind. Only then can we be clothed into the new man, into fruit. Otherwise, uh, there will not be this fruit. And the fourth condition that makes our hearts wise and participates in building our house on the rock Is a feeling the calling of a spider that skillfully grasps with its hand and is in the king's palaces. Matthew chapter twelve verses thirty-five to thirty-seven. A good man of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that if for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. And to fulfill the condition expressed and the ability of a spider to skilfully grasp the web and end up in the king's palaces and penetrate into the royal treasury of God, it is necessary To proclaim the faith of God that dwells in our heart. To summarize, the purpose of our portion, the name of God, a rock of Israel that dwells in the heart of a disciple of Christ, is called to fill our heart with such wisdom that will cause us to be the wisest of all the earth. The first one was the purpose of this uh, rock was to give water and feed our new man. The second one was to make our hearts wiser than all the earth. That's why we will cherish the time and uh, do as the ants had done and, uh, and stock up on food. And God today teaches us how we can number our days so that we can gain a wise heart.
1: We're
0: going to like the rock badgers, and we will make our houses on the rock, meaning we will be poor in spirit, poor in spirit so that we can trust in the power of God. And we'll be like locusts who will make God the king of our thoughts. And then the proclamation of our heart will achieve that goal that God has placed before us. The third portion, in the name of God, Rock of Israel, dwelling in the heart of a disciple of Christ, is called to make our heads lifted up above our enemies all around us. We have a lot of enemies, and enough of them and come only ascending upon that rock of Israel God will make our heads lifted up above our enemies and we will be victorious. Psalm chapter 27 verse 46, one thing I've asked of the Lord that will I speak that will, that will I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle he shall hide me, he shall set me high upon a rock, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me, therefore I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle, I will sing, yes I will sing praises to the Lord. In this place of Scripture, the portion of God, in the name of God, Rock of Israel, is presented in the heart of a person in the secret place of the Tabernacle of the Most High, which David calls the Temple of God and House of the Most High. And as far as we know, such a Tabernacle of God, called the Temple of God and the House of God, is finds itself in three dimensions that are united with one another, this is Heaven, the heights of heaven. this is the sanctuary and a humble and contrite heart of a person. These three dimensions they are uh, united in one. a person who is not found in church, he cannot have a humble and contrite heart, and God will not look upon this person and will not lift his head above his enemies and he will not have anything. This is, this is written in Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15. For thus says the High and Lofty One who inhabits eternity, whose name is Holy. I dwell in the High and Holy Place with Him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble. He lives in a humble and contrite heart in order to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Isaiah chapter 66 verses 1-2 through Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me and where is the place of my rest? For all those things my hand has made and all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look, on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. Each definition which became the subject of David's prayer and the subject of his search carries a certain semantic load which pursues one goal but pursues or performs different roles. And the subject of David's prayer petition and his search is so important in the fulfillment of our salvation for the reason that David says, I ask only one and only that I seek. And the subject of David's prayer petition and his search is not evangelism or the evangelization of the world or exercise of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, nor material prosperity, nor opposition. He wanted wanted one thing. This was his calling expressed in the high calling and his highest election. Second Peter chapter one verses ten through eleven. Therefore, brethren, be even more digil- diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Free entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is the subject of David's prayer petition and his search, which is directly related to the affirmation of our title and our election, expressed in achieving the goal of our calling. We know that a calling is a certain rank and dignity, and the higher the rank, the higher will be the honor of our rank and our dignity in this calling we know is servant of the lord this is disciple of christ a disciple he fully depends on the teacher he does not leave anything a servant of the lord he has a seal the lord is there on his on his foreheads and upon it is written holy unto the lord he fulfills the word of the lord what god will say he will do without any question what god says he fulfills and an election is what we choose, the goal we are striving for and the price we pay for our calling. And we know that the purpose of our election is to fulfill the perfect will of God which yields our calling. It is comprised of the fact that the resurrection of Christ will reign in our body and clothe our body in the resurrection of Christ. This is that which we search for and for one goal because we know that this is His will. This is that sign that is going to be a guaranteed that we will be raptured, that we have satisfied and that He will rapture us in that day when the Father will allow Him to do this. And again, the purpose of our election is to fulfill the perfect will of God which yields our calling that is comprised of the fact that the resurrection of Christ will reign in our body and clothe our body in the resurrection of Christ. On the one hand, this would allow us to abide in the house of the Lord, and on the other hand, to become the house of the Lord. And the price we pay for our election is our total sanctification in Christ Jesus, pursuing the goal of total dedication to God. And we know that there are two formats of sanctification. We have sanctified, separated, and now we need to keep it, to cultivate it. Because we can be sanctified, and then... Uh, these waters or uh, will drown will drown it, and that's why we need to always keep and cultivate our sanctification. And the higher the degree of our sanctification, the higher will be the honor of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 through 14. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind it, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. On the one hand, to lift up our head over the enemies around us as to cast out from the throne in our body, which is the rod of our lips, the old man, in order to give God the foundation to build in our body the power of life led by Christ And on the other hand, to lift our head over the enemies around us is to depose in the midst of the remnant chosen by God the power and the deeds of the uncrucified flesh in the face of carnal people. To summarize, this third purpose of the portion in the name of God, Rock of Israel, dwelling in the heart of a disciple of Christ in our hearts, is called to affirm our election and calling to open free entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ and the boundaries of God's chosen remnant who is the house of God and the Rock of God. The
1: fourth
0: purpose of a portion the name of God, Rock of Israel, dwelling in the heart of a disciple of Christ, it is called to be for him a rock and fortress of powers with which God will lead us and guide us in order to deliver us from our enemies. To the Chief Musician of Psalm of David, In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness. Bow down your ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be my rock and refuge, a fortress of defense to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull out, pull me out of the net which they have secretly laid for me. For you are my strength. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth, I have hated those who regard useless idols, but I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in your mercy, for you have considered my trouble. You have known my soul in adversities and have not shut me up into the hand of the enemy. You have set my feet in a wide place. It is in this place of scripture that we will see all the names of God that we have already gone through. Refuge, a stronghold, rock, here these names are again revealed. It follows from David's prayer that the enemies who secretly set him nets are worshippers of vain idols, represented by people who belong to the category of legalists, who reject righteousness by faith, and who live among the remnant of God, just like tares, and up to a certain time grow on the same field, uh, among wheat, nets secretly laid out by worshippers of vain idols are questions posed by worshiper worshippers of these vain idols in such a way as to catch David in the net, which will be his answer it's very important when we are asked questions to not quickly run to answer them because these questions might be a snare in which we might find ourselves caught up in. And we see that David not once had found himself in this snare, but God had delivered him when he cried out to him. To summarize, the purpose of the portion, the name of God, Rock of Israel, dwelling in the heart of a disciple of Christ, is comprised of the fact that when we end up in a net Of those who regard useless idols, He will pull us out of these nets and place our feet in the wide place. The fifth purpose of a portion in the name of God, Rock of Israel, dwelling in the heart of a disciple of Christ, is called to bring water for us out of the flinty rock in order to then give us good in which we will gain riches so that we can fulfill His covenant which God affirmed with our fathers when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water who brought water for you out of the flinty rock who fed you in the wilderness with manna which your fathers did not know that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end then you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth, and He may establish His covenant which He swore to your fathers as it is this day. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 14-18 through 18. It should be understood that whatever we consider our wealth our heart will also be there if we think or we ponder upon perishable riches we will inherit corruption if we ponder upon imperishable riches we will inherit imperishability in the dignity of eternal life in god and with god we know this place of scripture that for as he thinks in his art so is he because fleshly thoughts are evil against God, and they do not submit to the law of God, nor can they. Because those who live according to the flesh God cannot uh, those who live according to the flesh cannot please God, but we live not according to the flesh, but the Spirit because we have this renewed thinking and we are able with this renewed thinking, to clothe ourselves into the pearl of incorruption. Riches, riches that God gives us is His word and this is His promise. These are the greatest riches that we have. One wise preacher had said the words that there is great evil, and it often is among people. God gives riches to a person, but does not allow them to be used. This is a great evil. Riches is the word that we hear. We come to church, we hear the word, we accept. This is that seed that is given to us. We accept these riches. But if we do not live according to this, if we do not do that. God does not allow us to use it. There's a reason why we can't use this and this all depends on our heart because everything begins from our acceptance of the person, the messenger of God. When we have accepted him, when we know that this is a messenger of God, now we will have no doubt and we are going to exactly fulfill and we won't ask questions and say, why is this this way or why is this not that way, we will see that everything will be uh, found in its place in its own time and then we will rejoice and only to these people. God gives these riches and allows that these riches to be used by them. And this wise preacher was an ecclesiastist son of David, Solomon, who had said that there is great and it is often among people That's why it is written, many are called, but few are chosen. And we are chosen people because we accept these riches and we use them. And Jesus, when he told one woman who cried out, when she was astonished from those words that he he said, she said, blessed is the womb that carried you and the breast that had fed you. He said, no, blessed are those who hear the word and that fulfill it. That's why we are very blessed because we hear this word, we accept it as the most precious, as the most greatest rich, riches and treasures that can be in our life. We, all, the whole, the, all of technology that is created today, which people have achieved, we can use this technology uh, so that we can spiritually mature. We don't need to go somewhere and. Uh, search in archives or records where this is written, we press one button and uh, we can listen to these sermons as, as long as we want, as much as we want. The same technology can be used for bad things. If you start to, to play, uh, time is gone, the day is gone, and where has the day gone? All into emptiness what we are listening to, what we are pondering upon. Sometimes we need to stop and we need to ponder. But it's very, very important that today uh, God is leading us and He is hastily preparing us to uh, meet with Him. Everything, uh, these latter rains that are being poured out, uh, is being poured out so He can take His bride to, uh, to heaven up to Him. To practice righteousness is to be freed from slavery unto Egypt and the subject of our carnal nation by way of immersing ourselves in the death of Christ and um, accepting the blood of Christ, which will give us the basis to pursue Moses in the face of the person clothed in the power of the fatherhood of God into the great wilderness that is called sanctification in order to make a covenant with God in Horeb and to dedicate ourselves uh, there to the Lord pay attention even after God by way of the ten plagues had delivered Israel from slavery unto Egypt he walked them along the river he fed them with manna and he fed them from the rock many of them had uh, were killed in the wilderness for their uh, disbelief which was expressed in resistance to the word of Moses, which he had received from God. Uh, We need to know fully well that this kind of sanctification is always tied to the loss of our carnal life and great humility expressed in obedience to God in the words of the person clothed in the powers of the fatherhood of God. And we, together, are abundantly blessed because we have this person and Uh, When I'm told her, Pastor, so why they say, this isn't just a pastor that is wise. This is a man of God who gives us the words of God, prepares us. This is that watchman that God has placed on our path that sh- who shows us the ancient path of goodness and is speaking to us that ancient commandment that has been from the very beginning. That's why it's very important to accept this word, to prepare our hearts, and to live according to this word. When a person pays the price for sanctification needed to dedicate ourselves to God and to slaves of righteousness, and he will be humbled and trembled before the priest, preached word and will not um, boss him the Holy Spirit. God will give him good goodness so that he can fulfill his covenant and uh, the covenant he made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. To summarize this component, it follows that the purpose of the portion, the name of God, Rock of Israel, dwelling in our heart, is called to give us rock uh, water from the rock, so that God could fulfill the covenant that he had made with our fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Of course, this is all under the condition that we fulfill our portion of the covenant that is contained in total sanctification that pursues the goal of total dedication. And we already know this fully well and understand it. The next very interesting purpose in the name of God, Rock of Israel, it is called to give us honey from the rock and oil from the flinty rock. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 9 through 14. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the place of his inheritance. He found him in a desert land and in the wasteland, a howling wilderness. He encircled him, he instructed him, and he kept him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle stirs up its nest, hovers over its young, spreading out its wings, taking them up, carrying them on its wings, so the Lord alone led him. And there was no foreign god with him. He made him ride in the heights of the earth, that he might eat the produce of the fields. He made him draw honey from the rock and oil from the flinty rock, curds from the cattle and milk of the flock with fat of lambs and rams of the breed of Bashan and goats with the choicest wheat. And you drink wine, the blood of grapes." To understand the purpose of the inheritance in the name of God, Rock of Israel, presented in this allegory in honey from the rock and oil from the flinty rock, we must partake to the chosen remnants of God who have originated from Jacob. In combination with these eight components, here uh, we can't just look at one of them, we need to look at all eight It's food with which uh, God feeds us is produce of the field, honey from the rock, oil from the flinty rock, curds from the cattle, milk of the flock, fat of lambs and rams of the breed of Bashan, choices sweet, and wine from the blood of grapes. And for this it is necessary for us to come from Jacob. To come from or to descend from Jacob is to be arranged in twelve pearly gates that give us the legal right to inherit the food God has given us in eight components. The origin of the pearls that make up the fruit of the twelve pearly gates is a process of the suffering of the mollusk. When a foreign body, such as grains of sand, enters the shell of a mollusk, it experiences discomfort and suffering, as it cannot get rid of it, and then the mollusk begins to produce a certain substance in the dignity of a pearl and envelops the grain of sand with pearls. And this foreign grain of sand that causes us discomfort and suffering is our decaying body created from the dust of the earth. Apostle Paul had said one day before that who will deliver me from this earthly body? When we have this promise, my body already rejoices along with my new man, waiting for when the question of time will be answered. I have this in my spirit and And I rejoice. Whatever may happen,
1: whatever whatever
0: circumstances may occur in our lives, we can already rejoice because God, God is unchanging in His word and He will fulfill all of His promises. We simply need to be faithful on our end. And we need to clothe this earthly body in the resurrection of Christ, which we have done with by faith, so that we can give God the basis to erect in our body the power of life in order to transform our body from a terrestrial one or an earthly one to a celestial one. The image of the twelve pearly gates is the fruit of our inmost man in the dignity of the twelve teachings of Christ, comprised of twelve base truths that are called to adopt our body through the redemption of Christ and the erection of the power of life in it and to give God the basis to transform our body from terrestrial to celestial it will be necessary for us the descendants of Jacob to enter into the inheritance of our portion in the name of God Rock of Israel giving us the right to eat of the food that in this allegory is presented in eight
1: components and I
0: and a pastor had uh, in great detail went over each of these and I will simply summarize the definitions of each of these. The produce of the field is the fruit of the lips that proclaims the faith of God that dwells in our hearts. We are talking about the food that God gives to those who have entered into this inherited portion, the name of God, Rock of Israel, who come from Jacob. Only he can eat of this food the produce of the field only this person uh, can proclaim and this proclamation will be his food for him it will bring him joy this isn't going to be some kind of i heard one person say i can't uh, how can i continually continually ponder someone he expressed himself i can't do this this was like a bird on him he knows that he needs to do this but he can't for me this is a great joy and great pleasure and God gives through our pastor such rich food, we are found on this royal feast. And we need to uh, simply accept this food and rejoice. And the produce of the field are those proclamations that we proclaim. And honey is a unique product produced by the bee family, which should be understood as the Church of Christ, led by a person dressed in the delegated fatherhood of God. The image of food and the dignity of honey drawn from the rock given by God to the remnant chosen by Him represents the image of the apostles in the face of people dressed in the authority of the fatherhood of God through which we can inherit the promises made to us by God. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, For all the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him amen to the glory of God through us, says Apostle Paul. And only in brotherly love can we feed or we eat this milk. And we're talking about brotherly love, and we're hearing about it a lot, and we know what it is. Image of uh, oil from the flinty rock. The image of this in Scripture is a combination, the heart of a person of truth in the Holy Spirit, who reveals the truth in the heart. This is not just truth, it is not just the Holy Spirit, but it is a union of the, both of these together, combination. It is the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. Zechariah, or Ezekiel chapter 2, verses 2-6, through six. And he said to me, What do you see? So I said, I am looking, and there is a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it, and on the stand seven lamps, with seven pipes to the seven lamps. Two olive trees are by it one at the right of the bowl and the other at its left. So I answered and spoke to the angel who talked with me, saying, What are these, my lord? The angel who talked with me answered and said to me, Do you not know what these are? And I said, No, my lord. So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts in order for oil and the combination of truth and the Holy Spirit to abide in the heart of a person and be the food of a person, it is necessary that a person purchase this oil from the sellers for a price fixed by God, which can never be discounted. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. Sellers are people endowed with the powers of planting the seed of the word and watering the seed of the word. To pay the price for the oil and combination of truth and the Holy Spirit so that they can abide in our hearts and be our food is for our faith to cooperate with the faith of God in the lips of the messengers of God, the spirit of which carries the firmness of the rock that pours out oil. And only having paid the price for this oil, we will become this firm rock. The spirit of a person becomes the owner of the firmness of a rock and the dignity of the Mimunarim. Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Firmness of spirit expresses itself in firm hope in God, who is the eternal stronghold. Open the gates that the righteous nation which keeps the truth may enter in. You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in you, yeah, the Lord is everlasting strength. The next uh, component of food is curds. This is the image of verbal milk in the format of the preached word containing the energy of the Holy Spirit. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1-2 through two. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. Thus, Cows' milk and the dignity of the planted word is the result of the revelation of truth given to the apostles in the face of the Holy Spirit and the authority of the fatherhood of God. Curds, which is produced from the verbal milk of the word preached to us, is called upon to to be produced by us. This happens or occurs when we spend time on research, on reflection and on the confession of the verbal milk that we have accepted. Verbal milk is turned into curds, which we can then eat of. The next is sheep's milk. This speaks of the unique relations of saints and brotherly love for each other, which are both food and medicine for each other. Songs of Solomon, chapter 1, verses 6 through 7. Tell me, O you whom I love, where you feed your flock, where you make it rest at noon. For why should it be as the one who veils herself by the flocks of your companions? If you do not know, O fairest among women, follow in the footsteps of the flock, and feed your little goats beside the shepherds' tents. The next very, impo- por- very interesting, and I will perhaps... I speak of it a little for um, in a little greater detail. These are the uh, fat of the lambs, rams of Bashan, and goats. They are those. uh, I think we remember this component very well, despite the fact that the lambs, rams of Bashan, and goats, are pure sacrificial animals which were able to be brought as a sacrifice and the meat of which was able to be eaten. The fat of these animals was impossible to use under the uh, fear of death. God had said in Leviticus that whoever does this is going to be destroyed from among his people. And here God says that he is going to feed uh, his people with the fat of these lambs, rams, and goats. A question arises, what is the difference between the lambs, rams, and goats of Bashan from similar animals grazing in other pastures? And the difference, is very interesting, the difference between these is that Bashan mountains are taken into God's inheritance and are the inheritance of the remnant chosen of God. So the Lord our God also delivered into our hands Og, King of Bashan, with all his people and we attacked him until he had no survivors remaining. And we took all his cities at that time. There was not a city which which we did not take from them. Sixty cities, all the region of Argob, the king of Og and Bashan, all these cities were fortified with high walls, gates and bars besides a great many rural, rural towns. And Pastor had revealed to us the truth that is found in this, a very interesting truth that is uh, our promise. Sixty is the number of man, and therefore the sixty cities of Og, the king of Bashan, taken by Israel into their inheritance. This is the d- image of our terrestrial body in which reigning sin is depicted in the face of the old man, and in its place the power of life has been erected. As you can see, these cities were covered with uh, high walls and gates and fortified. And it was not interesting to take and to destroy this reigning sin. But according to the mercy of God, by the power of God, we have been able to do this by faith. And we are going to continue to stand in this and wait for the fulfillment of this promise. And under the lambs, rams and goats of Bashan is meant the image of the remnant chosen by God, which is considered by scripture the inheritance of God. Shepherd your people with your staff, the flock of your heritage who dwell solitarily in a woodland in the midst of Carmel, let them feed in Bashan and Gilead, as in the days of the old Micah chapter seven, verse fourteen. The rod of God are both the mouth of a person endowed with the authority of the fatherhood of God and the mouth of a righteous man who professes the faith of God dwelling in his heart, received through the mouth of a person endowed with the authority of the fatherhood of God. To graze and tend to the remainder chosen by God, by the rod of God, and ourselves means to give them food in due time. So the question is, what kind of food should be understood as the fat of lambs, rams, and goats of Bashan with which God fed his people? And we already understood that this is an image of the promise regarding the adoption of our body through the redemption of Christ, which we wait for when this will happen, and we are located the door of this hope and this will soon be fulfilled but until this time we are looking at it with faith and we are proclaiming it with faith because we have already accepted it in our hearts and therefore when it talks about that the lambs rams and goats which mean those who fear god are from the breed of bashan this means that their bodies are declared As the property of God, God took our bodies as His belonging, He wants to dwell in them. He said, do you not know that you are a temple of the living God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? And therefore, in their bodies, the power of life representing the anointing power of God has been erected and their bodies are vested with the powers of the anointing power of God, which is the fat. And if fat, in the dignity of anointing oil, is in the heart of a combination, is in the heart a combination of truth and the Holy Spirit revealing the truth in the heart, then food, in the dignity of the fat of lambs, rams, and goats of Bashan, with which God fed the spirit of His people, is nothing but the anointing word of His messengers, possessing the virtues of the lamb, rams, and goats of Bashan. The next component is the choicest wheat which in its fruit is called to become the food for the new man. These are the rational and verbal abilities of our soul, lost in the death of the Lord Jesus and gained in a new quality and the anointing glory of his resurrection. John chapter 12, verses 23 through 26. But Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man shall be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him, my Father, will honor. And the eighth component of the food with which God feeds his chosen remnant, this is vine, which is from the fruit of grapes. This is the divine justice that is that is exhibited or it is portrayed by those chosen remnants of God. The image of the v- Of the vine itself is the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and the dignity of the Son of Man. The wine grower or the owner of the vineyard is the Heavenly Father. And the branches of the wine bearing the fruit and the dignity of the fruit of grapes is the remnant chosen by God and the dignity of the disciples who follow Him in His footsteps. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8 I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch In me, that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the words which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Very important to dwell in Christ. And Christ in us, and we in Christ. Otherwise, Uh, these vines are going to be birthed uh, burned and withered if you abide in me and my words abide in you you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you but By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruits, that you will be my disciples. The phrase, you are already clean, because of the word which I have spoken to you, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. This phrase tells us that in order for us to abide on the vine, in the dignity of the branches growing on the vine, we need to be cleansed through obedience to the word preached to us by the messengers of God. And we will remember that cleansing consists in sanctification or separation from our people from the house of our Father and the corrupt lusts of our soul, by the power of the truth of the cross of Christ, or rather by the collaboration of our cross with the truth of the cross of Christ. Because the truth that is contained in the blood of Christ that has been spilled on the cross of Golgotha is called to free us from sin, whereas the truth contained in the cross of Christ is called to free us from the manufacture of sin in the face of our old man living in our body, the instrument of which is our people, our Father's house, and the corrupt lusts of our soul. That is why we need to die to all of this. We die to our house in order to become a part of the house of God. We die to our nation in order to become a part of the people of God, the, na- the nation of God. In order to become a part of the people of God, we need to die to our nation. Otherwise, we won't be able to partake. We can't, uh, we can't have both. We can't be a part of God's chosen remnant unless we die to our people. We can't be the family of God unless we die to our household, which resists the truth. And of course, to our lusts we must die so that we can fulfill the desires of God. We have two more purposes to study of our portion, the name of God, Rock of Israel. This is the seventh one. This the uh, purpose of it is to separate us from people so that we can know the just actions of God. That is why I said that in each each component, here we see this uh, element of holiness, the separation, 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 sanctification, so that we can dedicate ourselves, so that we can be prepared for God to take us to be with Him. Numbers chapter 23 verses 9 through 10. Stand still that I may hear what the Lord will command concerning you. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel. If any of you or your posterity is unclean because of a poor corpse or is far away on a journey, he may still keep the Lord's Passover. 23, 9 through 10. For from the tops of the rocks I see him, and from the hills I behold him. There, are people dwelling alone, not reckoning itself among the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob, or number one fourth of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous, and let by my end be like this. The people said, uh, We will pay you, let us go through your land. But the king came and he said, How? He said, This people is eating everything. They saw that God was with them, and that's why they had called upon Baal. And they wanted to give him a lot of money for him to curse the people of Israel. And this is his prophecy. 6, 5. Micah 6, 5. O my people, remember now what Balak, king of Moab, counseled, and what Balaam, the son of Beor, answered him from Acacia Grove to Gilgal, that you may know the righteousness of the Lord. The heights of the hills represent the functions of the promises of God, or the heights of the mountains represent the sworn promises of God that contain the inheritance of Christ. And the heights of the hills represent the functions of a covenant of peace between God and us, on the foundation of which we are called to inherit the sworn promises of God. Therefore, the phrase, I see him from uh, the mountains and the tops of the hills, means that God had shown Balaam the meaning of Israel in the face of the warrior of prayer which on the basis of the covenant made between God and his fathers will inherit the sworn promises of God. The purpose of Israel in the face of the warrior prayer always is based on the the natural essence of God, in which he foresees and foreknows how a person will behave in uh, the time that he has given in relation to his word. And if God... By way as foreknowledge and predestination, sees our trembling relationship toward his word, and our readiness to fulfill these words, then he predefines or predestines us to be in the image of the likeness of his son Jesus Christ. Romans chapter eight, verses twenty-nine through thirty-four, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called Whom he called, these he also justified; and whom he justified, these he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not, how shall he not, with him also freely give us all these things? If we are in him, he gives us this inheritance. Who shall then bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. And he also makes intercession for us. By dwelling in him, we can be comforted and know that he has already walked this path, and we are him, and therefore we are victorious. Based on his foreknowledge of the people of Israel, God separates for himself a kind of person and a kind of people from all other people which, according to nature, uh, he separates from himself and from among his people those who reject to follow this light. We can, as much as we want, like Balaam, uh, wish for ourselves a blessed fate, meant for Israel and to affirm with our lips as Balaam had done let my soul die the death of the righteous you see here he uses um, the name of God the name of God let it be, let it be but none of this will be if we are ready to sell the truth so easily as Balaam had done If a person like Balaam is ready to prepare or to sell the truth for a price, then his correct proclamations will be imputed to him as vain words for which he is going to die the death of the wicked, and his end is going to be like the end of Judah who had betrayed Christ for 30 shekels of silver. To summarize this component, it follows that the purpose of the portion, the name of God, Rock of Israel, is called to separate us from people so that we can know the correct actions of God. If we can't know the correct actions of God, if we are not separated from people. And uh, this is so that we can understand the actions of God and inherit the inheritance that God has laid for us in Christ Jesus and form us into the military order of His ranking. And the last component, uh, the eighth portion of the name of God, Rock of Israel, is to make us as His disciples, this is to make us a hiding place from the wind, a shadow of a great rock in a weary land. And very quickly I will... um, Summarize, and we will pray. Isaiah 32, 1-8 Behold, a king will reign in righteousness, and princes will rule with justice, and man will be as a hiding place from the wind, and a cover from the tempest, as rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. The eyes of those who see will not be dim, and the ears of those who hear will listen. Also, the heart of the rash will understand knowledge, and the tongue of the stammerers will be ready to speak plainly. The foolish person will no longer be called generous, nor the miser said to be bountiful. For the foolish person will speak foolishness, and his heart will work iniquity, to practice ungodliness, to utter error against the Lord, to keep the hungry unsatisfied, and he will cause the drink of the thirsty to fail. Also the schemes of the schemer are evil. He devises wicked plans and destroy the poor with lying words, even when the needy speaks justice. But a generous man devises generous things, and by generosity he shall stand. And We know that the image of our King reigning in our body and righteousness is called to be our innermost man born from God who reigns in our body in the boundaries of the reigning teaching of Christ that are yielded in our essence as the kingdom of heaven under the condition that he has grown into the full measure of the stature of Christ. Because time is given. When our new man is born, he is an infant and he needs time to grow. And in this time reigns another king, reigning sin. And when our new man grows, the promise of God, Our new man grows and only then can he begin the battle and overcome and to take away that weapon which relies on that weapon which take away that weapon which the old man relies on to take away that weapon and to destroy the power of death in our body. The image of our prince that rules according to the law of the Most High is called to be the rational sphere of our soul renewed by the spirit of our mind which has placed itself voluntarily dependent on our King. These are our thoughts that submit to our renewed mind and the purpose of the portion, the name of God, Rock of Israel, dwelling in our heart is called to bring our new man in the limits of the boundaries of our body on the royal throne and the dignity of our pure lips. These are our pure, bridled lips. And to give us, our Prince, and the dignity of our renewed thinking, the powers of divine authority to rule over our body according to the Law Most High, according to the staff of our lips, or the rod of our lips. So our Prince, our thinking, rules according to the Laws of the Most High through the action of our lips. and it's very interesting is that these princes this is our renewed mind and so that to see the full picture in this uh in this allegory we will need to look at all the uh, characteristics of our prince or rather our renewed mind because in order to be uh, a shadow of a great rock in a wearying land which is one of the components of our Prince. This is the dignity of our renewed mind. That is why our thinking is so important. It cooperates with our new man. Considering that all of these properties have great balance in relation to one another, they are united with one another, discover themselves in one another, are based on one another, and define the authenticity of one another, we are going to uh, be reminded of the definitions and in that sequence in which they are presented in this allegory. The role of our King
1: and so based on the allegory
0: that we are studying, our prince and the identity of a renewed mind called to rule over our body according to the law Most High will have the following properties. He will be for us as protection from the wind, a cover from the tempest. Our renewed mind is going to be a cover from the tempest, a cover from the action of the, a cover from the action of the winds of delusion. He will be as a hiding place from the wind and a cover from the tempest. These are those, um, tem, those difficulties that pass that um, are sent in our life. And Pastor says when. The weather passes, we don't even realize it because our Prince, our thinking, we are completely immersed in the Word of God. We are immersed in these truths. We are immersed and we live according to them. We live according to this. And when the weather passes, we don't even know when there was this wind, this rain. Um, Afflictions are allowed in our life so that our Prince, our renewed thinking, could be as a cover from the tempest. Also, He will be as a river of water in a dry place. This is the cooperation of our Prince with the Holy Spirit, and he will be as a shadow of a great rock in a weary land. This is our partaking to Zion. On one hand, and the result of the ruling of our Prince in the limits of our body and our eyes, the heart of the rash will the eyes of those who see will not be dim. We will see the actions of God. We will be able to see what God is doing. The ears of those who hear will listen. Out, the eye of our heart will be opened. The heart of the rash will understand knowledge. We will have this knowledge and understanding that will tell us what is good and what is evil. This understanding that unites us to the life of God. The understanding that does not attribute its own creations with His name. It is this understanding and this knowledge that knows the will of God. Only it can know and keep us from evil. And that does not allow us to stumble. This is this knowledge. And the tongue of the stammerers will be ready to speak plainly. We will have the ability to proclaim the faith of God. That's why today um, we have talked about the purpose of the name of God, Rock of Israel. Right now on Friday as we were talking about the price. And I think soon Pastor will go to uh, move on to talking about the results. And it's very important in prayer. We don't just study it so that we can go over it and then forget about it. God gives it, or Pastor gives it to us so that we can be taught how to pray. These are prayer words. We can take these and thank God that we have them our purpose the purpose in this rock of israel in this inherited portion is to feed us with this water to make our heart wise in order to uh, lift up our heads over our enemies so that we can uh, so they can be a shadow of a great rock from the tempest, from the heat. That's why it's very important when we begin to thank God, we have heard this word, we have accepted it in our hearts. Now we are able to proclaim these proclamations, and these proclamations will, uh, will perform miracles. Amen. May you, be bre- may you be blessed in your prayers. Our dear Heavenly Father We came, we come in the name of your Son Jesus Christ And we thank you We thank you that you are our God Our stronghold Our strength Our deliverer Living Rock of Israel In you will we trust I thank you For this wonderful Inherited portion in your name which you have given us today and placed on our accounts. And we enter into this inherited portion in Christ Jesus. And I thank you for the words of life that you give us today. May they be life for our spirit, our soul, and our body. I thank you. Today we see this beauty. We ask you for one thing, to allow us to dwell in your home, to look upon this beauty, I thank you that you give us this opportunity to look at this beauty in your home, to be under the shadow of you. You lift us up on heights that are higher than us. And after this, our heads are lifted up higher than our enemies that surround us. You have prepared a table for us in the form of our enemies. Our cup is filled and Your mercy let them accompany us all the days of our life and lead us to the goal that You have set before us. I thank You, Lord, that You have made great and for us uh, we have we couldn't even um, ponder upon this but You have done something great and impossible for us, you have lifted us up on this rock, and we are able to build our dwelling place on the crag of the rock and live there.
1: You
0: You are our inherited portion, and we thank you for this. I thank you, Lord, that you feed us. You give us the Holy Spirit and feed us from this rock. You quench the desire of our new man. You make our hearts wiser than the wisest of the earth. You teach us how to cherish time and how to prepare our food in time. When we hear your word, we immediately are ready to fulfill it. We have become poor so that we can rely on your strength. We don't rely on our own abilities because you are our Trust, you are our strength. At the head of our thoughts, you stand, you are king, and we can stand and destroy all the strongholds of the enemy. I thank you, Lord, that our proclamations, these arrows, are able to reach that goal that you have placed and set forth before us. You are our firm and stronghold we thank you Lord for the water of life that you pour out for us from, from out of the rock for this living word that we hear today we rejoice and we are going to fulfill it I thank you Heavenly Father for the Holy Spirit and we have accepted as Lord and ruler of our life your spirit, your good spirit, let it lead, may it lead us into the land of uprightness. For your name, Lord, revive us. For your righteousness, lead us out of the snares of our lead us out of the snares of our soul, which our enemies have set forth before us. But you lead us out, and we thank you for this. You send your word, and you heal us, and you bring us out of. Depths. I thank you for these precious promises that fill our heart. Our heart has been made a treasury of all of your great and wonderful promises which you have placed on your accounting on our accounts in Christ Jesus and in Christ Jesus we um, have become owners of all these promises and the Holy Spirit is poured out on these promises and they flourish like a garden like a garden from which we can bring you fruit, and this fruit brings joy to your heart. And you give us the opportunity to also feed from this fruit. And I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that you are our God. And there is none like you. I thank you. May your name be magnified and glorified among your people. I thank you for the promise of victory over reigning sin in our
1: body.
0: You, by the power of your omnipresence, have made your the body of saints the territory of the kingdom of heaven. And Our body already rejoices along with our new man waiting for the adoption and the redemption of Christ. But until this time we are going to remain faithful to you and rely on your mercy. On your mercy, Lord, we trust in. We may not be ashamed that we call out to you, but you are our stronghold. You are our uh, you are our rock. I thank you, Lord, for your holiness. We today have died to our nation, our house to become part of your home. We have died to our nation to become a part of your nation. Your chosen remnant, your eyes are continually upon this chosen remnant in order to protect it and to lead it into that inheritance that you have prepared.
1: You are the part of
0: our inheritance and our cup. You hold our inheritance. Our foot have gone along grateful paths and our inheritance brings as uh, pleasing to us i thank you lord and bow down with your people almighty god father son and holy spirit amen our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the hand of the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And let us please conclude with our unchanging manifestation. That to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Amen.